Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. The podcast series has been created to shine a light on the diverse and inspiring careers of Australia's pharmacists. Each episode will focus on the varied career opportunities within the pharmacy industry by exploring the career paths taken by leaders in the fields of community pharmacy, hospital, industry, government and professional organisations. Careers never follow a defined path. Everyone's story is different and unique in their own way. The podcast series will help you discover the world of opportunities that exist and reveal pathways to achieve your dreams and aspirations. Whether you are a pharmacy student, early career pharmacist, or simply looking for a change at any stage of your career, the podcast series is designed to help you navigate ways into a career and a life that you love. Your host of the podcast series is Ali Sue. Ali, herself a pharmacist, is now the founder of Global Pharmacy Entrepreneurs and a passionate advocate for pharmacists to grow, innovate, excel, and make a lasting impact in the world. It's now over to our host, Ali Sue. Welcome to the third episode of Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. I'm Ali Sue. Today, we're very excited to have Associate Professor Faye McMillan on our show. Faye is a watery woman from Trainee, New South Wales. In 2001, Faye was the first Indigenous pharmacist to become a registered pharmacist in Australia. Faye is the 2019 New South Wales Aboriginal Woman of the Year, Senior Atlantic Fellow for Social Equity, and a founding member of Indigenous Elite Health Australia. Faye works at Charles Sturt University as the Director of Jury One Program, Bachelor of Health Science Mental Health. It's a program dedicated solely to the education of Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people for the mental health workforce. In this episode, Faye shared with us her journey of becoming the first Indigenous pharmacist in Australia. We also discussed the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous health and education opportunities. Faye's story has inspired a greater understanding of Australian Indigenous history, embracing cultural safety and racial equality. As pharmacists and future pharmacists, we're in the perfect position to understand, to support and to care for the community, regardless of their colour, gender or race. Without further ado, let's welcome Faye. Hi Faye, how are you? Good morning Ellie, how are you? Thank you so much for joining our podcast. What an amazing achievements you've had. We can't wait to get to know your story. Can I firstly just start by acknowledging the traditional custodians on all of the lands in which people either listen or see this podcast and acknowledge the continued connection to land, seas and country for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations and thank them for their collective wisdom that they share every day with the broader Australian community. With regards to my story, I you know, grew up sort of moving around a little bit but I think most of my really formative years so you know starting primary school and things like that was in my hometown of Trangy which is central west of New South Wales so a town of a thousand people and grew up with uh, my mum and my grandmother and my four siblings in a very loving house not always 
wealthy, but we were certainly wealthy in love and connectedness and ultimately ended back up in Trangy, which is where I started my career in pharmacy as the shop assistant and then moved to a dispensary technician after the pharmacist supported me to do the dispensary technician course. The rest, they say, is history, I think, with regards to, you know, through life circumstances, I ended up having to move away from Trangy and looking at what were my career options. And I had loved working in pharmacy, being part of the community, which I see, you know, pharmacists very much part of the communities in which they serve. And so really enjoyed that aspect. So thought I'll study to be a pharmacist. I was 27 and a little naive. So next question is really asking about your role models in your life and mentors in your life. What are some of the lessons you've learned from those people who shaped your career? So there's obviously family role models that I certainly look to and continue to do so today. And they are my mother and my grandmother, mum's siblings, as well as my own siblings. You know, they are amazing human beings in their own right. And I'm very thankful that not only do I love them because they're my family, but I also admire them for their tenacity and role modelling. When I did move back to Trangy, one of the great things was the opportunity to spend more time with my maternal grandmother, who was an inspiration to all of her family with regards to her resilience Mm. in the face of adversity, Mm. particularly growing up in an era where being Aboriginal was very, very challenging and understanding what that meant. But it also gave me such a beautiful insight into her as a person, not just as my grandmother, but certainly the pharmacist in Trangy at the time, Peter Dixon, he was so supportive of the opportunity that I could have to go to university. Mm. So Peter, and there was, you know, other pharmacists around the Trangy area, you know, in Warren and Gilgandra and other small rural and remote towns that Peter worked with that I was very fortunate to be able to be part of that extended network. And so they really did shine a light for me as to how crucial the role of a pharmacist is to the health and wellbeing of people. So, you know, they were certainly role models. And then obviously as as my career has progressed, I've had the great fortune to meet a number of people in different spaces that their knowledge and contribution to their spaces have really influenced me. Professor Tom Kalmer, you know, a number of other people, Mr. Tom Brideson, who's the CEO of the Gaya Dewey, you know, just their resilience. And mm-hmm. I think the other the thing that I did learn was that the only person who can on your journey is you and you need to take from your own journey what it is that sustains you and allows you to keep moving forward and be mindful that there are times where there will be um, challenges you may look like you're taking two steps backwards you know that these are all part of your own journey and not to compare yourself to others because nobody knows 
what you know, nobody's experienced what you've experienced. And so mm. being mindful that whilst we're doing similar things, we are all very unique and creating mm. our own spaces is really important. Yeah. So we know that you're an advocate for mental health and closing the gender gap and, of course, for Aboriginal people. So tell us about your work and your passion around that. As you said, mental health is something that affects everybody or mental wellness, social, emotional well-being. And being able to, I suppose, act in a space where the ability to talk about mental wellness or mental health issues is really an important factor. We talk about removing the stigma or allowing people to feel that there is no judgment around moments where they may be mentally unwell or whether they do engage and experience, you know, a lived experience of a person with a mental illness. And so, you know, it's it's really something that I think pharmacy more broadly is considering now, which is the mental health of our entire community. But I think being able to look at mental health specifically is really an important factor. And COVID has just shown us how much we need to pay attention to our mental wellness because it has a huge influence on our physical wellness. It also has a huge influence on how we interact with family, with communities. So, you know, I think being able to be in this space is a privilege and acknowledging Mm -hmm. that, you know, we have so much to offer Mm -hmm. if we are vulnerable. And I think, you know, there are so many things now that you can access online that talks about that ability to be vulnerable, to be Mm. seen as being vulnerable so that others can have courage to be as vulnerable as they are at particular moments. So I think being able to work in the mental health space is really important. And, you know, we know that statistically Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples through the impact of colonisation and the ongoing, you know, health inequities that are being faced by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and Mm -hmm. communities is something that we need to take seriously and, you know, that they don't become a ticker box, you know, that we Mm -hmm. recognise the importance of creating opportunities to allow all Australians to engage is really critical to our overall health and well-being but particularly for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, as we try and navigate difficult spaces and we try and navigate modernity as well. What are the things that we can be more mindful of if we decide to find a job around Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander community? What are the things that we can learn from you so that we can be prepared and to you know, respect and be mindful when we're serving the people there? I think the recognition that irrespective of where you are in this country, that you are actually on traditional lands of Mm. a nation, knowing what is the name of that nation, who are the traditional custodians Mm. of the lands in which you are living, working, going to university is one step. And Mm. also being mindful that, you know, the health system has played a significant part in the health statistics of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and that you actually do have a lot you can do. Understanding the history of this country 
since colonisation and the impact is one way, you know, embracing the opportunities to cultural safety, which is now part of APRA regulations for people registered as health professionals through them, that, you know, it's really incumbent upon the individual to take some of these journeys on their own, but it's also a responsibility of the educational providers, Mm. of the profession more broadly, to really start to consider the issues that are impacting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and how we can work with them to try and change some of those statistics because at the end of each statistic is a human being. Mm. Um, So, you know, when we talk about the life expectancy or the comorbidities or chronic illness, that these are actually things that are experienced by people Mm. and that like everything we want to be considered more than a statistic that needs to be addressed by governments. We want to be more than a statistic that needs to be addressed by the profession. And part of the responsibility of being a pharmacist, as I said, is knowing not just who you are, because that is really important to your own journey, understanding, you know, your lived experience and how that influences the way you view the world and what are the, some of the things that you need to challenge about that lived experience that you know hasn't been experienced by everyone mm. so that you can consider, you know, what are some of the things that I might need to challenge myself on and how can I do that that allows me not to feel that I own problems because, you know, we're not saying that that the individuals who are engaged in these services are necessarily responsible for, you know, everything that happens. So it's the leadership that's shown from organisations, the leadership shown through educational providers to stamp out some of the huge issues that still impact on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and many other minority cultures in this country. And one of the most significant ones is racism. Mm. The racism in our health system is you know still rife and even during this pandemic it's something that we have seen as an impacting factor on people engaging with the health system so you know that's really something we do need to address and racism is the experience by the person that is experiencing the racism it's not about whether the person that they're working with considers themselves to be racist or not because, you know, we are human beings and if we don't learn through listening to what others tell us about how they respond to the way we're engaging with them, then, you know, simply saying sorry is not enough. Mm. We need to change behaviours and those changing behaviours need to be seen and felt. I think, before we really start to see some of the changes in our more broader health system and those close-the-gap targets that government has, but also, you know, that the pharmacy profession should be wanting to close as well. Mm. We also know that the Aboriginal and Torres Islanders pharmacy scholarship scheme is something that people are able to apply. So tell us more about this and how to get in, how to apply. Yeah, look, I think one of the things that the pharmacy profession has recognised is, you know, we need diversity. And whilst the pharmacy profession is very diverse, you know, that doesn't mean we don't have scope for more. 
and mm. engaging Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to consider pharmacy as a genuine career opportunity that can make a difference is really something that we are doing and we're improving, you know, mm. to try and increase the number of pharmacists that are Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander and one of them is the pharmacy scholarships. Whilst there's not a lot of them, there's not a lot being taken either. So mm -hmm. we know that the uptake of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to pharmacy programs is really still below what we would like, which is, you know, we want to be on parity with our representation in the community, which, you know, the statistics, you know, around that 3%. You know, what we know in pharmacy is we have less than 1% mm -hmm. of our pharmacy profession that is made up of inclusion of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So, you know, actively promoting that the scholarships exist, working in collaboration to increase the awareness of the fact that these exist you know, is one thing that we could do better. You know, working with Indigenous organisations that do have connections across Australia and into communities where the scholarships can be spoken about advocated for and then you know supported for applicants to submit an application for scholarships is really a critical critical thing because what we need to do is I suppose capture the imagination of of people early about you know what's rewarding about being a pharmacist on different levels and going to that value proposition of of being such a valued member of our society and community. You know, I think pharmacy can be proud that we are, you know, amongst the highly trusted professions in the community, but we shouldn't rest on our laurels. We, we do need to be doing more and we need to be doing it every day. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, so for everyone who are listening, so definitely pass this on and share with friends and family we want more people to be included and we want to see more of the Aboriginal and Torres Island pharmacy students around. Yeah. yeah, and we certainly do. And I think, you know, as I said, supporting your peers when you are a pharmacy student is a really critical thing, but supporting them to be authentic to who they are, being able to acknowledge their history prior to coming into, you know, a pharmacy program and making sure that there are those safe spaces where people are able to talk about that without fear of, of retribution mm -hmm. for, you know, a number of different reasons. And as I said, you know, pharmacy is diverse, but we have we have more opportunities to be more inclusive of that diversity. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So what are your advice for our aspiring pharmacists, the pharmacy student, intern pharmacists? early career pharmacists? Consider rural, remote and regional. You know, consider that our workforce is geographically dispersed. We're dispersed across a number of industries and that, you know, don't, don't be blinkered by what you think pharmacy is. Look more broadly at what pharmacy can be and how we mm. influence in so many different spaces. Take opportunities, you know, consider short, medium and long-term aspirations of what you want for yourself, what you want for a family, 
or how you see yourself engaging in pharmacy as a profession. So I think it's easy when we're in that moment of busyness to not keep looking towards the horizon because it seems such a such a long way off and so distant. But I think, you know, being mindful that sometimes, you know, maybe not a door's open but a window's open that you can look out into something a little bit different and that, you know, working across this beautiful landscape of, of the Australian country really is something that is unique and, you know, the diversity of those different places really has something to offer. And so, you know, when you're in university and looking for your placements or whether where you're considering doing your intern program, don't just look at what's usual. Look at what's unusual. Look at opportunities that, you know, may not have been there in your first year and that get opened up to you as as you are going through your pharmacy program or the opportunity, as I said, to be part of an intern program in some space that you'd never seen yourself before is really something that I, I, I ask people to be open to and acknowledge that sometimes we can find little gems in spaces that, you know, we had never considered before. As the Aboriginal or Torres Strait Island pharmacy student when you were studying, what was the challenge as a pharmacy student as well as in your pharmacy career? Mm-hmm. I suppose the challenge for myself personally as a student was obviously the education that I'd done prior to going to university. But the other part at that time, so, you know, 20-odd years ago, as you said, to become the first Western trained pharmacist because I'd like to acknowledge that you know Indigenous people across the globe and in Australia have practiced pharmacy since they've been connected to their countries looking at what does the landscape offer them and you know they looked not just to nutritional but also to the medicinal properties of mm-hmm. of plants and things and acknowledging that that existed but to acknowledge that you know even as short as 20 odd years ago that we didn't have Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people in the profession is really something that's profound but I think the other part that it did say and still continues to say to a degree today is that educational institutions aren't necessarily based in an inclusion criteria you know university was and still to this day to some degree is still very much beyond all Australians. You know, it's it costs a lot. You know, there are a number of different factors. But for me personally, it was certainly the lack of representation, you know. And as I said, now with accreditation and things like that of pharmacy programs across the country, the inclusion of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples into the curricula is a critical issue and that is being addressed. But, you know, when I was at university and we had any conversation about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, it was done by a non-Indigenous person to this country, you know. Mm. I had a Maori academic who was a wonderful academic, but, you know, when you're speaking to the issues of the First Nations people of the country in which you're planning to define and develop your craft, 
then you know it's really difficult for people to truly understand the importance of of why I should do this when they're not being taught by the lived experiences of people of why pharmacy is important to our health and well-being. Mm, definitely. Wow, so it, it's great that you're here for us, for our future Aboriginal Torres Strait and pharmacy student as role model. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. I mean, you know, I think, I think what, and even myself, is to recognise that whilst we're in the moment and, as you said, many students have part-time jobs and don't probably consider that they are in a privileged space, but with privilege comes responsibility mm. and we have to acknowledge what that responsibility is, but we also have to act on what that responsibility is. And as I said, start some of those, our actions, as I said, simple things. Usually when I'm on Zoom, for example, you know, your name comes up, I make a point of putting what nation I'm sitting on. And for me, I'm lucky it's a Radri nation, my nation, but it also then lets us acknowledge the diversity of the nations that is spread across this country and start to consider and as I said when people recognize and reflect on their own lived experiences and the influences that that has then they're able to go okay when I embrace this responsibility I'm going to do something with it. Thank you so much Faye for this wonderful discussion and we learned so much and just thank you so much for being the role model here for us, for our future pharmacy students, and to understand more about the, the First Nations, more about our Aboriginal and Torres Strait and community. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ali. And I just, you know, really do acknowledge that, you know, the space is being opened up more to create more knowledge around the inclusion of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples into the professions as a professional themselves, but also the embracing of First Nations communities and how do we work effectively within our communities to try and be the change that we want to see and be very much part of a change that we we need for our future. Mm, great. Thank you. Thanks, Ali. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. If you enjoyed this episode and know anyone else who you think would benefit from it, we would be grateful if you could share it with them. Together, we help even more pharmacists develop a career and life they love. If you have any questions or suggestions about future podcast episodes, please reach out to us via email info at ravensrecruitment.com.au.